summary of the Sikha. In regards to the the uh, shape of the cups that were engraved or, or fashioned out of the piece of gold that which made which from which the whole menorah was fashioned, so there were decorations on it which were in the shape of cups. So it says the, our sages tell us what would, what did they look like like Alexandrian cups. Just to be short about it, it's what we call the champagne flute. It's wide on the top and narrows as it goes to the bottom. So we find something very strange about this. That we have a drawing of the Rambam, which he drew in his own holy hand. He actually drew a picture of the Menorah. And he draws the cups on there. And he draws them as a, as a triangle. In other words, that it comes down to a point on the bottom and the, the, the opening is wide. That's similar in a, in a very general way to the idea of, a, of the Alexandrian cup. Even though... Obviously, no cup could ever have come to an actual point because then you can never place it on the table. And the Ramam actually says that I'm not trying to draw it in its exact image. I'm just giving the general idea of what it looked like. But what's strange is that the Rambam drew each one of those cups. He drew the cup, uh, the cup 22 times because there were 22 cups on the Menorah. And each one is drawn upside down with the opening, the wide part downward and the narrow part upward, which is exactly the opposite of what a cup normally looks like. It's always drawn upwards, facing upwards. So why would the Rambam, who was very particular about how we did everything, draw a cup the opposite way and 22 times? So therefore it's, it would seem that the Rambam had some source that this is how it was, that the, the cups faced downwards. We don't know what the source is. It's possible that the Rambam had a source like in a medrash or his teacher taught it to him, you know, uh, an oral tradition or some other reason why he drew it that way. But that only explains why he drew it that way. But it still leaves the question, why was it that way? Why did Hashem command that it should be facing downwards? And especially in light of the fact that we know that in general by mitzvahs, everything has to be done in the way in which it grows. For instance, a lulav and an esrik have to be, in order to fulfill the mitzvah, you have to be holding the lulav upwards with, uh, you know, the way it grows. You have to be holding the, the hadasim and the aravas. If you put them upside down onto the lulav, you don't fulfill the mitzvah. The esrig has to be held with the top up and the bottom down. Otherwise, you don't fulfill the mitzvah. The same with the, the boards, the walls of the mishkan that were made out of boards. They had to put them in a way that the bo- what was on the bottom of the tree what remained on the bottom what was at the top of the tree went upwards on the wall so why would the cup which its normal way of functioning is that it stands upwards why would they make it why would Hashem instruct that it should be made up, uh, the opposite so to explain this we have to see another feature of the Menorah which our, see, our sages tell us it's, uh, what is the Hashem says I don't need the light of the Menorah in other words you're not lighting the Menorah in order to bring light into the house my house which is the Beis Hamikdash. it's not to light up the room here it's meant to light up the outside to bring a message to to all the people of the world that Hashem is amongst the Jews in other words the purpose of the light of the Menorah is a message to the outside world it's meant to shine outwards from the Beis Hamikdash. Which is the reason why our sages tell us that the, the windows of the Beis Amigdash were built in the opposite way of a normal window. A normal window is built as follows. 
you're trying to bring light from the outside into the room so therefore you build the outer part of the window the part of the window that's facing outward is narrower and it widens as it comes inside into the room because you're trying to diffuse the light that it should reach other areas of the room even the, the, the areas to the sides of the window so it diffuses inward that's how you build a normal window in those days before there were glass so the, the narrow outside was to prevent the water from getting in or whatever to, the, the, the windows of the base windows were built in the exact opposite way the narrow part was to the inside it widened as it went to the outside and the reason is simple because the purpose of the windows was to bring the light of the menaira to the outside of the world that's, what the, that's the direction that we were trying to send the light we can explain the cups in the same way the B'chai says that the meaning of the cups is what is the why were there cups on the Medeira? They allude to a certain thing. They allude to the idea that Hashem gives the Galgalim, which means the orbits, the sun, the moon, the different things that are going on in the heavens which bring light to the world, that Hashem gives them their light and they feed it to us. They pass it down to us. The the cups are in the same way. A cup is filled and then it gives you allows you to drink from it so that's what the cup is meant to signify says the Baha'i now when we look at a cup there are two aspects to a cup there is the fact that it can contain liquid but that is not the real function of a cup for that you have let's say a barrel or your your jar or a bottle of milk or juice, whatever it is that your bottle of wine that's where you store your wine when do you pour it into a cup? When you want to drink the wine. So in other words, the cup has two functions, to contain the, the liquid, but that's only a temporary function. The real function is that you should be able to drink from it. So what is the way, when you depict a cup as being upside down, what you're depicting is the cup sharing with you, that you're able to drink from it. When you, when you depict it as standing upright, what you're depicting is only a temporary function which is to contain the liquid so that you can then drink it and since our sages tell us in regards to the Menorah in general that Hashem says I don't need the light for myself I need it to get out there I want to share the light so the same thing is true for the cups as they are depicted on the Menorah that the point of the cups is not to contain the liquid for the Menorah so to speak or for yourself the idea of the, men, the cups on the menorah is to share the liquid. In other words, that you have it depicted as facing downward, which means it's being, you're sharing it, it's pouring out to those who you're trying to share the liquid of the, of the cup with, or the light of the menorah with. And that also explains why the cups on the menorah were fashioned in such a way that the bottom is narrow and the top is wide. The top wide means the part which allows the liquid to flow out has to be wide. That expresses the idea that a Yid, when he's coming to share with another Yid, he's trying to give to another Yid, you have to have a wide open flow. You can't have it limited and restricted that it's only a certain amount. That has to be wide open so that as much as you can give, you can give, you should be able to give. In the early stages of a Yid's Avaid, like let's say when you're a student and you're learning, at that, that time, that's a time when you need to absorb, you need to acquire 
a lot of knowledge, a lot of inspiration, and so on. So then you need to have the cup standing upward and the opening wide open so that you can absorb and receive as much from your teachers and your mentors and so on, whatever they can give you and give you the power to later be able to go out and turn the cup over, which means allow it to flow to others and then the wide part is directed towards them. Similar to the idea that the Rebbe shares elsewhere, he mentions here, that there were two different contributions, donations that the Eden gave for the building of the Beis Hamidosh. There were the silver skull and half shekels that were, everybody gave the same thing, a silver half shekel, that's all they needed, not one material, silver. And that was used for the foundations, for the, uh, the foundations of the walls. They made silver foundations for the walls that hold up the walls that were made out of the silver of these half shekels. Then there were also donations for the building of the, of the Mishkan in general, which is, they, there were 15 different materials made up of every category of creation. There were inanimate objects, there were plants that were donated, there were things from the animal world that were donated, like wool and so on, and the person was the one that donated it, so it sort of encompassed every category of creation. What is the difference? The foundation of the wall has to be basics. You have to start with basics, and therefore everybody gave the same. It's, a, it's one material, that's the order in which it has to be done. You start from the bottom. But then when you get to the, the Mishkan itself, where you need to now have a big influence on the world, the light's got to go out to the whole world. You have to transform the world into a place, into a Mishkan for Hashem, into a holy place for Hashem. There you have to use every possible, every, every possible material. You have to use everything and everything and anything that you can get your hands on. Anything, any power, any talent, anything you have should be put to the task. And that explains why, by, a, by regular mitzvahs, you have to have everything in the way that it grows. As we said by the Lulav and the Esrik, the walls of the Mishkan, because normally mit, a person lives in ordinary circumstances, which means you, follow, you go with the Seder uh, Eshtalshalos, with what is normal to the world. That's how we function on a day-to-day basis. So mitzvahs have to be carried out that way too, the way things work, the way they grow. But then there is a, an Aveda which is needed when a person goes into a mode of he's got to be able to be there for other people. Over here you have to be able to turn the world on its head. You have to be able to turn the wide part downwards so that you can give as much power because now you're working outside the norm. You're going beyond the limitations. You have to be able to get to a place where you can you give everything that you have, not just the ordinary what's the next step, but to go all out, there you have to be able to work also with your mouth downwards, meaning facing, giving everything that you have to the outside world. That's the end of this point of the Sikha, but the Rebbe goes on to discuss another whole matter in regards to the Menorah as well. And based on this same drawing of the Rambam. In the Rambam's drawing, the branches of the Menorah come out on an angle from the center stem. So there were six branches coming out, three on each side. There was a center stem that went straight up. The Rambam draws them on an angle, straight out. Although, when you look at the many other drawings of the Menorah, generally the, the Menorah was always drawn with a rounded branches, with rounded branches. So we have to understand why the Rambam draws it differently. 
And one might say that it was just simply easier. You might think it was easier to make a straight line, so he made a straight line instead of trying to make a neat, uh, rounded uh, branch. But that's not so at all, because the son of the Rambam, Ramavram, the son of the Rambam, writes about this, that my father drew them on an angle, straight, because he intended to draw them that way. That is the correct way. That's what he meant. He meant that they were straight. Not that he just, for convenience sake, did it so. In fact, Rashi also, in his commentary on the Torah, also writes that they were on an angle. They came up from the center stem on an angle. So it comes out that anyone that draws a menorah with a rounded edge is not following neither the Rambam or Rashi. Now there are two Svarim, the, the Sefer Masech Heshev, as well as another Sefer also, which he quotes, in which he writes that even though Rashi says that they were not, it, it seems that they were not rounded, because he writes that they were ba'alachsan on an angle, but the Rambam in his uh, writings doesn't mention the word that they were on an angle, he just writes they came up from the center stem, but he doesn't write how. Therefore, he concludes that it seems that they were, it's logical to say that they were rounded. And he even adds an explanation that since they are meant to represent the, the orbits as the Bahaye sort of alluded to, so therefore they, drew, they made them as an orbit, you know, in the shape of orbits, rounded. So in other words, that the, the two other opinions that we have, the Maisa Cheshev writes that the reason that he suggests that they were rounded is because the Rambam does not write that they were on an angle. One can conclude from this that if the Rambam did write that, that they were on an angle, he would have accepted that they were on an angle. It's just that because he doesn't write that, that's what leads him to say that they were rounded. And then based on that, he give, even gives a midrashic explanation that it, they follow the orbits. But the basis of it is because the Rambam doesn't say that they were on an angle. But now that we have an actual drawing that the Rambam himself drew, in which it's clear that it's on an angle, and his son said that he, intend, that he intended to draw it that way, so that now there's no reason to follow the, the Maisa Cheshev. The Maisa Cheshev would have also most likely agreed that the Rambam's way is, of course, the correct way. He wouldn't argue with the Rambam, something that he sees clearly the Rambam wrote. And in his time, of course, we didn't have that uh, drawing. That drawing wasn't available to the, to the general population, the Jewish population. It was hidden away somewhere in some place, and therefore they didn't know what the Rambam is. But now that we know what he writes, of course, it would seem that they would agree. So now it seems that it is the only opinion that exists out there, which is that it was on an angle. Rashi and the Rambam write it, and nobody argues. Anyone that would have said differently would have is only based on the Rambam not uh, writing that. But now that we see that he did write that, of course, they would agree to. And therefore, the Rebbe suggests that any organization or any institution or anyone that draws a picture of the Menorah should do it on an angle the way the Rashi and the Rambam write, not in a rounded way, which is simply incorrect. And this brings to mind another, another issue. Where does this rounded shape come from? Most likely, there is the famous Arch of Titus, which is in Rome, which depicts, which was built in order to celebrate the destruction of Yerushalayim and the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. That was the victory arch that was built for Titus, the evil Titus. 
on that uh, arch there is depictions of the of slaves Jewish slaves carrying the dif- different parts of the Beis Hamikdash amongst them also the Menorah and in that depiction they are rounded. So in addition to the fact that other details of the depiction are also incorrect, but what that what we're now saying is that every time we draw a Menorah rounded what we are relying on we are affirming that which was on that evil arch of Titus the one that was built in order to degrade and demean the Jewish people they sometimes would gather, drag Jewish people bring the Jewish people there to show them their defeat that was what they did so the whole arch is there in order to, defeat, to demean the Jewish people and every time we draw a menorah with a rounded thing we're saying yes, that's the correct shape of the menorah who said so? Titus's artist that's what we want to do when we draw a picture of the Menorah a Menorah is supposed to bring a Jew to the recognition that we are meant to be a light to the entire world instead we're drawing a picture of a Menorah which, uh, which announces the defeat of the Jewish people Chas v'sholem. and may, the Rebbe concludes that may it be the will of Hashem that we will have the Gula Mitzvah Shleiman we will have the Menorah and everybody will be able to see what exactly it looked like and then Aaron will light it and he in in its most literal sense and that should be speedily in our days.